0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here by my co-host, former UCLA
0: linebacker, Josh Woods. What's going on, man? You know, just excited or, you know, finally getting this schedule, getting ready for next year. We've been getting some almost surprising uh, you know, new guys in mm-hmm. the portal. So it's like we're way too early but like excited for the next season. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um
1: at first, I was like, oh, what are we going to talk about this week? I don't really know. Um, and then a bunch of stuff just kind of happened over the last two days, including your birthday. Happy birthday, Josh.
0: Thank you, man.
1: Do you do anything fun? Any, uh, anything special for your birthday or just just another day at the office for you?
0: You know, kind of just another day, still training, um, you know, off-season grind, and then mm-hmm. just spend time with family. I think mean, this is like one of the first birthdays. I'm like, dang. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. <laughs> but then, How, uh, then, then I you, remember you're like 23. I just turned 25. See? Oh, okay. Mm. But then <laughs> I remember I was like Stinson Bennett is 25. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has two national
1: championships though. So, I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, dang, maybe I'm not that old. I could still be playing college football, which
1: is kind of crazy to think because you did five,
0: four, five. Yeah. I used to live for five years. Yeah, I guess you I put it was, that way. And really I, and I'm out, yeah, I was done in 2019, and since Bennett is. 25. It was like just
1: getting started. <laughs> That's crazy, crazy. to think about yeah. I didn't it's even crazy. Think about it
0: it's that crazy the ages and direction college football is in right now, especially no. with the 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 holdbacks from high school, and then now with this portal yeah. with COVID year, mm-hmm. all this like eligibility eligibility. Seems yeah. like the NCAA is being way more lenient now than how they used to be Mm -hmm. where they're like, they're granting guys one, two extra years, three extra years. Like before it was super straight. Some guys were like, they had to like really fight for a fifth year at times. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, now they're like, oh, you you played six and a half and you got hurt that whole nother (laughs) year. Uh, Oh, you know, like didn't really play this year. What were you doing this whole nother year? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where like before it was like if you played any game past game six, yep. automatic year gone.
1: Well, it was like even if you transferred, you were going to lose. You were doing it at the risk of losing a year, right? Like you just yeah, majority guys were sitting out a year, right? Um, just to move,
0: they were willing to give up a year just to move somewhere else. Yep, even even if they had like legitimate reasons, right. family reasons, like all these mm-hmm. types of things, it did not matter to the NCAA. That's crazy, and that's why a lot of people um
1: still aren't very happy with uh, the NCAA, it, which is it's that's a whole different podcast that we we would have to have one day. But, um, speaking of which, of uh, those who still did have some COVID eligibility left, but decided to forego that, uh, no surprise here, Zach Charbonnet does make it official. He is moving on from UCLA, headed for the draft, um. I kind of I, I think it's without a doubt he's a day two guy. Um, I think there's a few names that I heard that aren't, you know, like you kind of thought Blake Corum was going to maybe be in it and stuff like that. Obviously, with him getting injured, that changes that a little bit, and he's coming back. But, but.
0: also interesting though with with uh, you bringing him up, I saw that they had a like a nil collective thing of bringing those guys. It's like it was like four of them from that Michigan team back mm. for another year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Corn was one of them. I think it was a receiver, alignment, and and somebody else. Um, yeah, and they put together that collective. I've seen they had raised over a hundred thousand dollars so far, Oof. of to bring those four guys back for another year. So again, it's like this whole nil. What is the future? What does mm-hmm. it look like? Is this what we're going to start seeing? We're like, starting guys, to see it. Yeah, guys, be like. I'll I'll do another year of college cuz I'm going to get paid and mm-hmm. there's not going to be any uncertainties when you can risk it all enter your name a draft not get picked up and then just be um you know left out. So yeah. I I think it's when you the
1: same thing I think is is kind of what I heard about Cam Rising. Um there was something about him like maybe some truck company or something uh really got behind trying to bring him back. Um, and this was even maybe some rumblings I had kind of heard even prior to him getting hurt in the Rose Bowl game. Um, and I'm not sure how serious the injury is that might keep him out. But I think when he did get injured and when you think about a Blake Corum, for example, I think with those injuries, it's kind of hard. Like yours, your draft stock kind of gets cut some anyways, just because you're hurt and people are are just going to see it as I hear, let's just take a fourth round flyer on Blake Corum, even though he would have probably gotten the second round if he's healthy, but people aren't willing to invest second round money in until they see how a guy does. So if you can kind of get some money through the NIL that way and stay another year, you're already familiar with that facility. You know, those trainers, athletic trainers and stuff, uh, strength and conditioning coach they can work with you. You can rehab and come back stronger than ever. Um, Ideally, you know, even if you play like the last six games of the season or something and uh, have a strong performance and get right back in, into draft um, um, draft positioning there and, and look good along the way. So there's a few of those names that are out there. Um, you know, obviously, this was just kind of treated as a bonus year as it was and a surprise, surprising as it was getting Charbonnet for the past year that we had him for just because a lot of people thought he was going to be gone after that year. Um in 2021 so um good on charbonnet we'll see where he goes um i'll be kind of following along with where he goes i think it was just kind of interesting that he waited so long i mean he could have probably declared at any point but um he just finally came out with an announcement obviously dorian doesn't make an announcement but i guess because we kind of just know um you know even cj shroud was kind of another one where like it got up to it and i think Some people are saying, "Oh, maybe that like nil, like nil, might actually be working to keep him." But I'm like, it would take a whole lot of money to keep somebody who's going to be a first round guy, even the in the first half of the first round. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um,
0: potential top five pick. So yeah, yeah.
1: So um, looking ahead to the future, obviously the transfer portal has treated UCLA well, including landing guys like Zach Charbonnet. They go and get a guy, a local kid. Um, you know, obviously a mutual agreement here. Kyle Ford, the receiver from Orange Lutheran, if I'm not mistaken, uh, played mm-hmm. at USC for was it like a year or two? Um, is at UCLA and we've seen some guys right. have have success making that that jump. Uh, what were your thoughts when you kind of heard the whole thing?
0: No, he he was there for like what four years has it been four years? I don't there's like so many receivers. I'm pretty sure and, he the, all head, I, I'm pretty I'll sure check. he's the same class as Ryan Halinsky. Um, wow, so I think, think he's so. oh, because they
1: they were on the same okay,
0: that was the primary Oluci. guy then, huh? Mm-hmm, exactly, so okay. I think he has been around, so it's like we're not getting a um, yeah, like a young, okay. a young um, like a he's you know, not freshman, like a sophomore like, or, like, or something, yeah, yeah, like yeah. he he should be a seasoned vet coming into um, coming he into you, the team.
1: He was listed as a redshirt junior last year, he did uh. He did twenty. He he came in twenty nineteen, played twenty twenty, um twenty one, and then twenty two. So he's just he's just coming in on his um. Well, he redshirted, so he has a year. So he has two years because he has a COVID year. So he still has two years, I think. But we'll see. But
0: still, I, I get, mean, I- He's yeah, from Corona. I didn't know that he's from Corona. I didn't know that. Majority of people are from the Alien Empire and <laughs> yeah. they go to trendy league schools and, yes. and everybody forgets where where the talent really is. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I think I mean I think we did such a better job this year I always say we because it's always we mm-hmm. as UCLA um, of replacing what we lost. I think yeah. this year better than, than last year. Last year we did bring, you know, Jake Bobo, um, Titus in. Uh, but this year it seems like like we got an arsenal of weapons mm-hmm. um, coming in with the running backs that we got, with the receivers that we got. Um, yeah,
1: J. Mike from Cal being the other one. I think he's an underclassman, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he's like a um, – I think he's like a red shirt sophomore, but he's like he, but he made the all freshman. No, I think he's a red shirt freshman and he was like the Pac 12, all freshman team this year or something. So
0: that's going to be great to go along, you know, mm-hmm. with for Dante. Whatever, like we thought, yeah, like I said, mm-hmm. if Dante's started just having, um, a good group around him, mm-hmm. uh, bringing in you know a tie, a veteran tight end along with the tight ends that we already have mm-hmm. and then you know off of the line we're just you know, all the running back like I think like we just we we reloaded and almost more weapons than before you know what I okay so I thought
1: about this literally like an hour ago and I was like man Kyle Ford, J Mike, like they're getting receivers. I'm like, when did they really ever get receivers? I don't know if I really ever like, I don't know if it's just because like you had Kyle and Greg there. And then you had Logan Loya and Matt Sykes as kind of those guys right behind them. I've chase Coda. I think it was just chase Coda and Kyle Phillips really kind of had the starting spots locked down for some time. Um, Or at least it felt that way. So there really wasn't like a big name that kind of came out, but now that those guys are gone, Matt Sykes is in the transfer portal. Um, Jake Bobo came, had some success, and is now moving on after just one year. He's going to be, you know, we'll see what his NFL future is going to be. So you still have Titus there. Kaz is gone. So you need offensive weapons, right? I think this was just a year you needed to really reload, and I think they kind of did that.
0: Yeah, well, we might not have a Charbonnet, but, you know, with the stable that they have, Mm -hmm. collectively, they should be able to have the same production level. Yeah, and I I feel like but I feel like this is the uh, the most options that Chip has had mm-hmm. at UCLA. Um yep. in the system and that I mean that's majority of the guys that are leaving this year were offensive guys. I mean there are like you know we're not leaving out the the mm-hmm. Mo Osling's in the in the starting right. playlocks but I feel like offense cuz he's it's been guys that have been there for so long. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for so long mm-hmm. that it was like what are we going to do and I think that they have replenish and not have the answers and like i said i i feel like it's chip has so many weapons that he has to be successful going forward with this season and as we look ahead when we're going to look at the schedule i think Mm -hmm. it's set up again for ucla to be successful and get over the hump that we thought maybe that ucla was supposed to get over this year and i i think it's really
1: built you know, whoever the quarterback's going to be, but especially if it is Dante uh, again, but whoever, I guess it doesn't matter who it is, but they're really set up just for success. Like, I mean, there's going to be a question mark just because the guy at quarterback is going to be is someone other than Dorian, but every other position, I mean, again, we'll have to see how everyone gels and fits in, but. Just talent-wise, I think everything's set, kind of like what you're saying. But I am kind of curious because this was I, this was something I thought about earlier in the week too. Was um, that I wanted to ask you about, and I'm glad you you kind of reminded me based on what you said there. Was especially as someone who's played defense at UCLA, if you're seeing a lot of these, you know, obviously, I mean, some will look at the defense and say maybe that's that that's kind of the point that's something that needs to be worked on right and and the offense was never a worry but now that the offense is kind of not really maybe a worry but um maybe there's growing pains there or maybe they maybe it just continues to move along smoothly but like what are the defensive guys thinking right now like i i haven't really waited out to see who like are, is the defense now the veteran uh unit on the team but it's just kind of like does the defense know they got to kind of have to step it up because there's more losses on the offensive side of the ball? Like do they, is it kind of a kick in the butt for them?
0: I would think on defense maybe. I think for the defense it's uh, like a look in the mirror type, um, Mm -hmm. you know, type of time with a lot of that front seven guys returning. Um, You're losing some of the back end. So a guy like Darius Missow stepping up and, leading and addressing mm-hmm. the issues that they had especially late in the season being able to stop the run being able to get off the field on third downs um finishing on pass rush those those types of things are the things that you are actively bringing up every week having you know defensive player meetings about it those types of situations because you, it's almost expected that a new offense like a new quarterback and an almost almost a whole new offense, is going to have growing pains. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, At some point, they're just going to have to. Just, I mean, that's it's, just, it's, it's yeah, bound yeah to that's happen. just
0: part of it, you know. Yeah. Um, with the, you know, because a lot of it is about chemistry and like that stuff has mm-hmm. to be built. And we we saw with Dorian, what experience and what time can do, yeah. and the development, you know. So, with a younger group, and with a what a younger quarterback, you're, you know, those things are kind of expected to have is those growing pains and figure things out and figure out the style and, you know, the quarterback getting used to chip chip, getting used to the quarterback and the different weapons. And because mm-hmm. you don't, you don't have the old reliable of, you know, Dorian plays this certain way, sharpening like these types of runs on these types of downs um, these schemes, you know, are, are O-line the way that they rotate is best. Like all that stuff has to be figured out again. Um, and defense having, like, like I said, a lot of those, you know, the Murphy twins, Batu um, and Darius and, you know, maybe a few other pieces around them and Mm -hmm. uh, trying to figure that out. Like, but having so many of those core guys returning, they are expected to anchor and and, you know, be like, we need to hold it down for the young offense. Cause. Yeah. Cause they're, they're, yeah, they're
1: not going to score. They may not score 45 points every night. They may not, you know, be the ones bailing you out every other game or whatever, you know, it might be you guys that's going to have to do that for the deep, for the offense this year, a little bit, you know, you yeah, know and that. and
0: I have an experience of, you know, having those, those going through those growing pains and being a defensive, just like, mm-hmm. seems like you're on the field a lot. You're, you know, you're waiting for the offense to figure it out. And those are times where you really can't get frustrated. You have to um, right. do all you can and try to hold it down for the offense. And so when they figure out, and when it clicks, uh, when the offense clicks, you want to be um, doing good too. You know what I'm saying? You don't want right. to uh, be falling apart when the offense frees it out. You know, everybody wants to to grow and peak at the end and be clicking, you know, all together. So uh, I think that's the mindset of the defense. And mm-hmm. especially like uh, figuring out the the back end, you know, with the, that's gonna be, I think that's gonna be the biggest growing pain for the UCLA defenses, the DBs, because yep. it's especially losing your your two starting safeties. That's, um, those are essentially almost, you know, you you know, like the linebacker is like the quarterback, but like. Mm-hmm top down those are the eyes they see everything in front of you they make calls yep. that's why i said when we had q lake on the difference it was when he was playing and he wasn't playing having somebody back there with experience that yep. and knows how to call out looks how to um make calls and and those t- in, in those different situations where having somebody back there with experience and iq um really makes a big difference in defense so that's yeah you know the one thing the defense has to figure out but other than that Mm-hmm. The, like the it's a mature front seven so they should be stopping the run and getting after the quarterback regardless no doubt no doubt about it uh, i want to just switch over to give a,
1: a shout out pro football focus uh they do some college grading and stuff as well i don't know if you saw the graphic but they had moffy and john Gaines, both of them um I guess I mean you, the UCLA Twitter account says they were the best duo in the nation. I don't know the you know I don't know where all the other guards are ranked um, to know that, but just on the just based on what the UCLA guys is, Mafi was ranked number three in terms of guards in the nation, and uh, John Gaines was number eight. So that's pretty impressive, and I think that goes to show you like you know you're losing your offensive weapons, Caz, DTR, Charbonnet, but you're losing those guys on the offensive line too. Um, and and that kind of happened last year when you are the year prior when you had uh, Sean Ryan and, and some of those guys leave on the offensive line. But now you're losing two more and it's kind of like the offense. There, there's going to there's going to there's going to be some hiccups and some different things they will have to to work through. But I did want to give a, a shout out to Mafia and Gaines. Both of them are going to be in the um, NFL draft. Um, so with that said, Josh, we will jump into um, the schedule here. I don't know if you have that in front of you. I got it in um, front of
0: me right now. I got the the weather one they put on the Petrol website well um uh, mm-hmm. everybody's schedule lined up.
1: Um so just even some of the things that I saw looking at it, I don't know if you noticed this. Um and it was just kind of barely brought to my attention before we started recording. So I mean you try to look for all the different interesting things about the schedule, and I, I didn't even see this one. It was so obvious after it's pointed out to you. Um, I don't think there's any back-to-back home games for UCLA on the schedule. Um,
0: uh, nope, nope.
1: Road home, oh yeah, road back, home, road only, home.
0: Only, only that back-to-back away games. Yeah, and where is that? I'm trying to. Oregon State, Stanford, Oregon State.
1: Oh yeah, Stanford. Yeah, there you go. October 14th and 21st. Yeah, so. I don't know. We'll we we'll start there. Is, do you think that matters at all? Like, I mean, is it hard to get consistent or to just be dialed in? I, I, I think that was one of the advantages I feel like UCLA had this year, even when they were traveling, maybe it wasn't even that far of a travel um, for some of the games they had, but it's kind of like, I felt there were, there was some, especially like even the non-conference schedule, like, I mean, they, like the last few years they've had three straight home games to start the season in non-conference play. They don't have that this year. I mean, the, the, the road games in San Diego, so it's not that far, but like just for some of the other road games, uh, do you think it maybe is a little bit of a disadvantage that they, they don't have maybe two games at home where they don't have to worry about travel and they can kind of like just dial in and maybe just have some consistency or something like that. Or, um, can you read into anything, uh, with that little fact of, for the
0: schedule. I mean they'll have a consistency of the home and away. Well, yeah. That, when I think you that, get like, to the middle, that, yeah. Having having that consistency can can kind of help, mm-hmm. you know, so you're not getting so used to being on the road and so used right. to being at home and then it being a whole new experience. Um yeah, so I don't think that. I think the thing the thing that I personally would love if this was my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um is no no cold games yeah at the end, end of the season mm-hmm. which which kind of is bad setting up this being the last season of the Pac 12 going to the big 10 next year yeah <laughs> yeah. that they are not because that's true cause they're going to be treated yeah this is like the most love you can get for a la team mm-hmm. um the yeah, latest game you have that your coldest cold. game might
1: be it's, colorado it's colorado no. and that's well and that's, that's a, a home game, game. yeah
0: i'm saying you have utah at really the end of the summer mm-hmm. so that's gonna be nice um yeah oregon state in the middle shouldn't be too cold by then mm-hmm. wazoo at home i yeah, think arizona in the winter and then or later in the year and and going across street to sc so you're gonna be that's pretty that that's about as close as three home games in a row yeah exactly
1: that's what i'm saying you're i mean the last half of the schedule i mean you're going to arizona which is a hop skip and a jump uh from California. So it's not like it's too far. And then Cal's at home, USC's down the street. Um I mean it's really still not that bad. It's still not that bad of a schedule. Um obviously so when people see that non-conference schedule the first thing they think about is that hundred degree weather um in some of those early games and that whole mess. So some people are like please five o'clock games please uh you know 5 p.m make them late games um, some of those games, maybe not the coast Carolina one, but I can see, you know, North, North Carolina state central. is probably gonna be on the PAC 12 network. It's probably gonna be at 1 PM. You know, it's not, it's, that's not going to be a favorable just for the fans in terms of, you know, having it be the perfect weather for you. But I think one thing for me that looks nice. And I think they benefited from this last year too, when they had Washington and Utah, um, and we'll talk about Washington here in a minute, but you get Utah to start the season and you or to, to start conference play. You can tell me about that in a minute, but I like that there's a bye week after that because you can kind of regroup if it's a physical game, which it probably will be um, you, you can kind of recover and you kind of, you know, kind of rally the troops if you need to, if that's the case coming out of that game and, uh get ready for the, the rest of the schedule. But what do you think about the bye week there um before Utah and it being at Utah? Because they have not won since I wrote it down in my story. They have not won in Salt Lake City since 2015. I remember that one. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, were you there?
1: Was that the one of the was freshman, that the last time you played my, in Utah? My freshman.
0: my red shirt freshman. Oh no yes.
1: you guys would play Utah every year, right?
0: Yeah, Utah was, yeah so.
1: So you were probably there um, like one other time or something.
0: Yeah. Um, us, we, uh, I mean, besides SC having the earliest bye week along with Wazoo, mm-hmm. um, that sets up for I mean an a game stretch, uh, which shouldn't hopefully isn't too bad. Um, and it is always nice having a bye after a physical game. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like we used to have a bye after our third non conference, and but at the same time we would also have. A tougher non-conference mm, um mm-hmm. I feel like we always had a, a bigger you know we had yeah the, when you have Oklahoma you know, not, Cincinnati San Diego State yeah, or something Texas right. A&M like mm-hmm. you know a right. bigger school in that in that first three having to buy after that is was usually nice to but Utah being the toughest of the first four opponents I think that's going to be great I always mm-hmm. like open up with a physical game in the Pac-12 so you like um, having Utah early I like having a physical game to open up Pac 12, mm-hmm. Utah. I do like playing Utah early in the season rather than later because I feel like Utah usually goes to their, they're going yeah. things in the beginning. It seems like every mm-hmm. year they get written off what in the beginning of the season. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. They have like a random, yeah, some random loss mm-hmm. or like UCLA was so- that loss
1: for them last year. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. some close games and everybody writes Utah off and then they just start clicking midway. And at the end, like you do not want to play them right. and you do not yep. want to go to Utah. So us playing Utah early, I think is great. Um, I remember similar. I feel like we used to always have like Stanford and that's always like nice mm-hmm. to, you're going into Pac-12 play, you know, it's going to be physical. Um, It's a you know, great way to get in and then, you know, what you're going to experience is probably one of your most physical games in all of Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> So I think, um, yeah, that's going to be great. And then with the bye, you know, hopefully nobody's, you know, like similar to this year, not really anybody banged up and then mm-hmm. you're able to fly from there.
1: Yeah, able to fly from there. Let's see. So I think, yeah, if there's no if, if there's any game you'd want to have the bye week after it's the Utah game, um, they do not have Washington and they don't have Oregon on the schedule. So they do not see Bo Nicks, They do not see Michael Penix uh, and the Huskies at all this year, which is definitely a bonus. And, and part of me is like, whoa, like I wonder how that would have worked out if, if they had this schedule last year, but everyone's like, they still would have lost to um, Oregon State because Oregon State was pretty good. But I don't know. I think it would have been – I think they could have been Oregon State. It would have
0: been a pretty even game. I think mm-hmm. – we're honestly, I think very similar to Oregon state in some mm-hmm. ways, um, their run attack, their trickery on offense. Um, yep. and then and their defense does play hard. I'd it, say that. So it's going to be, even though people think like the tougher of the two is just having, mm-hmm. um, UW and Oregon sleepers are, uh, Oregon state is, is one of the, I think my dark horse for the, um, the Pac 12 next year. Mm-hmm. um, and while you never know, Azu. You never know,
1: going. yeah. <laughs> right. yeah
0: you, you never know how that how that game could turn out.
1: Well, and like part of me too. I was tweeting out, like I tweeted out when I first kind of saw the schedule. My reaction was no Oregon, uh, no Washington. You know, and I named the quarterbacks just as I did, and I said instead they're playing Washington, which has Cam Ward, um, who is his first year in the Pac-12 last year, playing at a power five level, maybe takes a step this year, and then you're gonna have DJU playing at oregon state potentially as the starter so it's like if he's if he's confident and, and moving well it's like i mean it, it, it might not be any easier than
0: it was you know it might just be I mean, the same so Go ahead. the pac 12 is the quarterback conference oh, of yeah the year next year right without a doubt this is arguably mm-hmm. the top could be the top five quarterbacks in the country if not more mm-hmm. um and you have something you have sleeping quarterbacks like, like you said cam ward you have um DJ Lore from Yeah. the Lore from Arizona. Mm-hmm.
1: Um you don't I think yeah, Cam I'd be curious to see if Cam rising will be healthy for the Utah game, uh that early in the season. I'm again I have to check how serious the injury is, but he might not
0: even be ready for that game. So but regardless, they're gonna have a but they are they're gonna, have, they're gonna have another guy. They're gonna have a run game. Oh yeah. And that defense is gonna be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that defense. So um
1: and then yeah. they also play, um, I haven't done the math, but I'm pretty sure only there were three new head coaches in the Pac-12 and they play all of them, um, if I remember correctly. So it's going to be Troy Taylor for Stanford. It's going to be Deion Sanders, who's going to be coming to the Rose Bowl when Colorado is there on the 28th. And then you're going to have Kenny Dillingham at uh, on November 12th at the Rose Bowl when Arizona State comes to town. And um, maybe he'll hug it out with old Dante Moore and say what could have been, but he's a Bruin, so it is what it is. Um, no, but um, yeah. So you'll get all the new head coaches in there, and maybe those are games you know that can work out in UCLA's favor. Um, but you never know. I mean, if you saw what again Washington and Oregon, who had Kalen DeBoer and um, Dan Lanning for Oregon, and again uh, Kalen DeBoer for Washington when you had those guys be in their first year and ha- still have successful years, the way that they did, um, you know, I mean, just because you're a first year coach, I d- that doesn't mean anything anymore. You could still be, t- I mean, Lincoln Riley is, is a veteran guy, but, uh, as well, yeah. but first year in the back 12 and, and he, they Especially still like,
0: like Oregon wise, with your coach leaving, not getting fired. Is it, I think that's also a big difference yeah. that, you know, usually when, when a school's coach leaves for another program mm-hmm. and the, rather than getting fired because they weren't good. Um, but yeah, I think I do think those games are um, better for UCLA though. Mm-hmm. Um, with Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, still I, I I don't I don't have any, almost don't have any expectation for Colorado. I don't know, and they
1: kind of have a tough schedule. I think they they start with TCU, who was in the national championship game to start the season.
0: And I think like at Nebraska next, they have like, Nebraska.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's know. not easy. It's not going to be an easy schedule for sure. Um, they, uh, so again, when, as we were talking about that, I'm looking at, you have Oregon state, you know, that's that, that's a game. Maybe they win, maybe not. Uh, it's it's at Oregon state and they're going to have a new stadium, um, or renovate, um, new renovated stadium or whatever the case may be. Uh, And then you're going to have Stanford, which should be a winnable game. I'm not even sure the quarterback's going to be Colorado. We just said, you know, we'll, we'll find out what they are. And maybe that gives you a little bit of confidence. Let's say you win those two games um put you in a Mm -hmm. good position to go into the arizona game which you know they've gotten some guys that
0: that needs to be a must win after
1: what that's gonna that it could very easily be like this is a must win game like this it's gonna have all the makings of that it's gonna be the prime probably the prime game on um for the pac-12 that week you know it could be and you know ucla is gonna have to show up so uh, I don't know. Any any other kind of thoughts on on the schedule? Coastal Carolina is one for me. Uh Grayson McCall, who's kind of been leading the way at quarterback for them. Obviously, their coach isn't there anymore. But Grayson McCall was in the transfer portal, uh, left the transfer portal, and is gonna be at Coastal Carolina. I think he was injured too. Um, so maybe he's not even ready for that game. But I it'd be great to see him and would be a good challenge for UCLA early on to face a good quarterback. So We'll see about him, but anything else kind of stand out to you?
0: I think just looking at, I mean, all the Pac-12 schedules, the one that just like, I mean, is different than everybody else is SC because they have that week mm-hmm. zero game, which allows them to have two bye weeks. Yeah, um, they got the bye week at the end of the season, and with that bye week, yeah, which if they're at the top, could take them into the Pac-12 championship. But mm-hmm. they just have, they do have a real tough stretch before that yep. bye week, so they would need that regardless um having notre dame utah Cal, back to back i think and then and yeah. then uw oregon UCLA in that order mm-hmm. Uh, which is a tough stretch um they're gonna have to earn it that's for sure yeah but i'm excited because i think like i said like a lot of teams in the pack 12 are loaded with talent reloaded transfer portal mm-hmm. top recruits coaches and like i said quarterbacks um there is no clear cut team that's just head and shoulders above anybody else. I think everybody is right there, and in Pac twelve in Pac-12 fashion, I expect us to be each other to mess up the chances yeah. for you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> for the play for the for the playoffs, which sucks. But it it mm-hmm. there's just so much talent spread out that you know I hope that you know one team is can stay consistent and beat everybody. Hopefully UCLA and we make the playoffs for the first time. That would be amazing, but it's just like the way the schedule is those Pac-12 after dark games. Something's, you know, something is always bound to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. and this is UCLA's last year before going into the big 10. And I think it's going to be fireworks. And they, um,
1: UCLA does benefit from not having any of those wacky Thursday, Friday games. They're all Saturday games. So you don't find yourself in the middle of any of that kind of mess. Um, which I think is a benefit to them. Cause that always kind of throws the schedule off. I feel, um, but yeah, but we'll, we'll see. I'm excited to see, um, how that kind of plays out. All right, Josh. And so before we go, um, we are going to answer some questions from the good folks on Twitter who sent in some questions. Um, they're always good to us. So I want to make sure we do get some of their questions. And as always make sure you guys are checking out the description. Um, Regardless, whatever your favorite audio or podcast platform is. Um, we'll have links. You can find our Twitters on there. You can find the show Twitter on there. You can feel free to reach out uh with other questions, reactions, and let us know what you want us to talk about or want to hear us talk about. And we will try and accommodate you guys with that. And it'll give us, you know, some good ideas, especially when we get into some uh, the off season. If there's um some bigger picture stuff you want us to look at. Or if there's someone in particular maybe you want us to talk to, let us know and we'll see what we can do for you guys. Uh, With that being said, uh, Josh, um, we had quite a few questions, but these two, I believe, are good ones. Uh, The first one comes from Sidelines UCLA on Twitter. Um, They ask, any reason why we don't have a spring game anymore? Would would it be a great way to generate money and fan support for the team in the upcoming season? I feel like we might have talked about talked about this, but I forgot Um, you were on the team. You've gone through some of this whole. Why is there no spring game again?
0: You're saying because now it's like a spring showcase and not a.
1: I feel like it's oh, hasn't it not always? I've only ever known it to be a spring showcase, but I see like Oklahoma on ESPNU doing a spring game or something.
0: There are times where you split the team up and do do a game. We did that the last the last spring we were with Adidas. Mm-hmm. We did a whole blue versus white game. Like it was like we wore our game like we wore game jerseys. Like it was two two different teams. And this was at the um, Rose Bowl or the other field. No, this was at this was at um. Drake, i think drake yeah Mm -hmm. so i think my first one it was pretty much is pretty much just a practice Mm -hmm. in the rose bowl um but you have live scrimmages in there so kind of similar same thing Mm -hmm. second one i don't know i don't remember that one yeah i mean third one one was a game Mm -hmm. but the thing with uh when chip came, we only did showcase. I think honestly, one of the main reasons is we never had enough bodies during springboard. <laughs> yeah. That's like we kinda, barely yeah. with with people leaving the program, mm. like especially that first year. Oh, because yeah. I couldn't even participate. I was still I was coming off of a shoulder. Mm. Um so I was in the yellow. Caleb Wilson was coming off his, he was in the yellow like we had like key players still in like you know, not mm. not being able to fully participate with that so injuries along with people that get hurt during spring ball along with the players that got cut the players that medically retired Mm -hmm. the players that trans were transferring out and the fact that i think i don't know how many people yeah like graduating (laughs) and that like we think about it you don't have all the incoming classes so i don't true you're just trying to make it through the spring (laughs) yeah because i don't even remember that many like early enrollees at that time like Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I mean, now, yeah, the way they have it now, we had some JUCO's. Like
0: at the time, like we had Mm -hmm. some JUCO guys, but like we didn't, like we didn't have enough people to do a spring game, so it was just a practice. That's an interesting point. Yeah, it's been that way since. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they do it on Drake to you know bring fans and people on campus because you know. Without would, having you know, them in the not...
1: facility, or there's really nowhere to sit when you're in the the facility, and there's the two fields. Well,
0: well, well because but in the past UCLA has had it at the Home Depot Center. Or oh, really? They now StubHub? Uh No, yeah. it's not
1: even StubHub. It's the Dignity Health Sports
0: Dignity Health Sports. Well, Center a, Arena. There was I think. a game. Yeah, I remember when I was getting recruited that they had their spring game there, where the, the Galaxy Apple play. Game. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was that was pretty lit. Um, okay. and then uh it's been at the it was at the Rose Bowl a few times um and then now it's always it's been at Drake since Chip's got there. well since I think more's last year and then since Chip's been there stayed there mm-hmm. um and yeah a, a game a game definitely was more fun than than chips practice
1: it might have just been so that's an interesting point i guess it was just kind of like that first year when he's just you know he's just trying to get in a rhythm and based on like where you guys were at health wise and, and roster wise just because of who's who's in who's out um with the coaching change it was just like we're just trying to practice at this point we're just trying to see what we have before we even you know we didn't have enough to make two teams to split up two teams to to do anything i guess and it just kind of stuck right so just it just sounds like he just did the first year and just never looked back from it
0: yeah i don't know how well he was doing at oregon but that's what it is i mean but, I- I- as an older guy, you're just trying to get it over with anyways. Yeah, no doubt about if it. We're, if, we're, <laughs> if we're being completely honest and I can say what I want now. Mm-hmm. I mean, me, <laughs> I was hurt the past because I didn't have to do nothing. But I just remember being mm-hmm. like, bro, like we are out here doing live. We have no bodies. Everybody's banged up. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a young guy, it's great. You're learning. <laughs> yeah, it's right. You're getting better. But when you're an older guy, it's like, I need, let me, coach, let me, let me stay healthy. You know, mm-hmm. let me not risk you know, going out here with a freshman on here and, you know, somebody rolls up on an ankle or a knee. Do you think maybe because there is a quarterback position and
1: I, I kind of hate saying this because it's just, it's one position and it's, you know, I mean, but it is quarterback, but it's like, do you think you maybe want to try and have a spring game or maybe they do a little bit more live or they do something a little bit more in practice than what they usually have? Cause you, Want to try and get as many live reps for these quarterbacks and like see you who what you have and what they can
0: do. And and that, that's the thing with a quarterback battle, expect a lot more live mm-hmm. reps. Right. Uh that that's just a given. So yeah. they are gonna try to get as many competitive periods as possible with mm-hmm. the different quarterbacks, um, with different units in, with different, you know. Mm-hmm. So that I mean that's an expected right. Just because at the very least you need to have multiple guys ready, you know,
1: who, aside from whoever you decide your stars are going to be, you need some other guys. Like, you know, we talked about chemistry being a thing, and I did see, you know, there there had been like this whole thing, especially for me, wondering about like Ethan Garbers if he's going to transfer. When Kyle Ford said he was coming to uh, UCLA, a lot of UCLA guys were in Kyle Ford's mentions. There's a lot of other people in the mentions that were. <laughs> usc fans and whatnot but uh, garbers was among those like you know like hey let's go like let's do it so it doesn't look like he's going anywhere and he's going to be with ucla this year and of course uh right in the mix competing for that quarterback job um but yeah anything else on the spring game thing before i get to the next question not that's it okay cool the next one comes in from jack on twitter Uh, Not not the former CEO, Jack, but good buddy uh, for the UCLA community, Jack. Um, He asked, what are three things you and Woodsy think need to happen this upcoming season to truly succeed in the Big Ten? I'll start first with one of them. I think they're already doing a good job, as we've kind of talked about already in this episode. But just over the last couple episodes is recruiting and bringing in some people and, um, you know, getting these five star, four star guys, like getting talent. Um and showing that they can replenish a roster. Um, now that they're out of that phase that just Josh just got done talking about of, we're just trying to see what we have and make the most of it. Now that you're able to replenish and show you can replenish, um, just kind of making the most out of that. So for me, I think recruiting is one, but um, obviously they need to continue to do some of that. But is there anything else, um, that that maybe you think? they need to do here in this season to help kind of line them up to at least be in some sort of positive direction or positive uh position to start gaining some sort of success going forward in the future in the Big 10
0: i think along with that is um recruiting bigger in the trenches that's going to be a big thing mm-hmm. um you know the the types of o line the d line in the Big 10 conference um and running the ball and stopping the run are going to be um you know, essential to being successful in that. I think, I think skills were going to be top in the, in that, in the conference um, with mm-hmm. the speed we have and the talent um, even pass rushing wise. I think, yeah, the, the thing is beefing up in the interior is going to be uh, a major key moving forward. Um, and then I think the, the other two are going to be traveling in the weather. Um like I said, the season's not gonna really prepare them for the cold. Um, mm-hmm. and every time anybody talks to me about the big ten is like what y'all gonna do when you're playing <laughs> um, you know, in Michigan and and y'all gotta and buy a coat. October, early November, like mm. all these places. And my my okay, so my brother just started law school at Michigan um this okay. past uh summer. And like well, he's already told me about how cold it is and he he just <laughs> went back for uh they just started back up. And like for what he's been telling me about how cold it is, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not ready for that. And I was playing in Canada, so I can imagine, you know, Mm -hmm. California kids that haven't played outside the Pac-12, outside the West Coast, right? um, How it's gonna be? Because even the non-conferences here is in-state. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where like they're not going to Oklahoma, they're not going to Cincinnati, they're not Mm -hmm. going to Texas. Uh, So traveling and the weather, I think, are two things that are gonna, you know, had to start being. I wouldn't say the weather needs to be we talked about, but traveling wise, yeah, and how they prepare um, the players um, and get them ready for that. But I mean, again, it's not really nothing that they, c- they can do this year that that won't be able to um, start helping prepare for that for another year. Um, I think
1: just too with kind of a lot of what you said too. And I guess maybe kind of what I said, but again, I look at Dante Moore as an example, now five-star quarterback, all that good stuff. But I think again, getting, if you want bigger guys, like California is just not known for getting, having big linemen on either side of the ball, which to my point, like you need to go outside of your region and recruit. Like you need to, like you need to get into the mm-hmm. big 10 area. You need to go into the East coast, you know, again, Dante Morris from Michigan in that big 10 area. So you need to get more guys from that the area. South, the South, you need to get the, into the, islands. South. the islands, Samoa, wherever you got to go, find some big bodies and, and bring them over. And cause you're going to be playing big boy football. The, the big 10 is all about running the ball and having these big bodies. Um, smash up against one another so that i mean you're gonna have to you you need to do that if you want to be successful so um you're gonna have to expand your horizon in terms of what you do in terms of recruiting i think um as well so uh, again you mentioned the weather and stuff when they give you guys all this gear and again i don't know when they give you all this um all the gear all the shorts all the shirts and all the stuff uh for traveling and your backpack and all that stuff um do they give you guys a jacket or a coat? And if not, do you think they're gonna have a UCLA branded uh puffy coat jacket and a rain jacket and all this other stuff now?
0: This one, I okay. <laughs> when we went to Under Armour, we didn't get really anything. Okay. So nah, we got really a, we got a backpack with with um Do you get just one backpack? Per year, yeah. So going to the camp for Under Armour, we'd get a backpack. Mm-hmm. A hoodie and some sweatpants and some basketball shorts. That's we it. We probably didn't get anything else until we got our travel, our travel, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like sweats. Right. But for Under Armour, that was that was pretty much it. They started giving stuff at the end because they were just giving stuff away. But like, right. we didn't get anything. <laughs> now I will be saying they they get stuff like every. It seems like every other week they're getting stuff. So I imagine like. They're going to have all the stuff they need. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be I mean, early on, usually don't give as much like jackets and, you know, stuff. But like Mm -hmm. when it's going to be a cold game, then they're definitely going to get something in the cup. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're going to be sending it out. So when you um, so you can tell just on the pictures, the graphics, the hey, the team landed for the game kind of stuff. Like in all those pictures, you could tell like it's different stuff or it's like we didn't have nothing like that. You get jealous, hundred percent, and
0: one hundred percent. They had us, uh, they had us out here in the Steph Curry that Steph Curry has never worn in his life. Oh uh, wow! <laughs> they had, you know, like even the, even the colors. Because I remember one mm. of the things that we fought so hard for was like they had us in these ugly grays. Like everything was like an ugly mm. gray. It was like these random grays, and we were like, "Can we get like just black?" Like, <laughs> and like I'm having meetings with Under Armour reps and all this and that, and like. It was they couldn't do nothing for us, and I'm telling us like all the complaints that guys have, and it was it was a whole I I could go in on that. That was a whole different situation, hmm. um, but they started to get they had a little bit better stuff at the end. But now me knowing a lot of guys on the team and seeing like I'm seeing all the stuff they when they get something, it's I see it whether it's on some. <laughs> Right on social media, some group mm-hmm. chat. I see the shoes, I see all the sweatsuits, all the different, like all the stuff they get. So, of course, I'm jealous because <laughs> we were getting yeah. nothing and now they're getting everything. And I and I still haven't got a care package um, or nothing, not even a, a t shirt.
1: I'm telling you, Josh, you had a crawl so that they can run now. That you, you know, everything you did was to benefit I was
0: fighting these for games. my life. <laughs> you couldn't it was even like get an a army shirt. crawl. Now you are out here skipping around having fun.
1: In 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 just fields of sunflowers and daisies and everything else um you could possibly think of. Um no that that's good stuff. Good stuff. Um yeah, no I think I think you you kind of nailed it. The weather, uh the travel, which I know is a big thing, and then the recruiting as I mentioned and you mentioned as well. Um I think we'll end it there. Um, As I mentioned before, uh, before we started answering questions, make sure you guys are reaching out to us. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at JHW Reporter. Josh, where can they find you on Twitter or Instagram or both?
0: Twitter's underscore Woodsy underscore J. Instagram is Woodsy underscore J.
1: Mm -hmm. And all that will be in the description as well of the podcast so you guys can find it there. And again, make sure you guys are reaching out. Feel free to leave questions, topic ideas, whatever you would like to hear us kind of talk about. Josh has been... Uh, with the program for five years before obviously he's not with them now, but he was with them for at least five years. Um, so, you know, he has some knowledge on quite a few different things, even the struggle of just having so little merch or, or gear to wear, but, um, but that'll do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode and we'll see uh, what UCLA and, and the college football world will have in store for us. Then, um, make sure you guys go ahead, as I mentioned, just keep checking the description. I'll have links for the schedule, um, the schedule reveal. I'll probably be doing something on uh guys in the trend that we've gotten through the transfer portal at UCLA that have arrived at UCLA. And I'll be writing up a little something about each guy. So one, I can have a better, better understanding of who's who. But for you guys to follow along and kind of see who's who and what is what. Uh, with that being said, thank you guys so much. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.